0: What to expect? Uh, Well, supplementation is supplementary by definition, so people need to know that. You don't need any supplements. If you eat well and you train, you get enough sleep and just do your basic things that you should be doing, supplementation is not vital. Um, I would say that if you have the budget and the inclination though, there are certain things or a few things that can help you gain muscle and lose fat faster. They're not going to change your life. They're not going to change the game, but they, they do work in most people. I mean, you always have non-responders to something like creatine, for example, which is something I would recommend that everybody who's into resistance training of any kind take. Um, and, you know, I think one of the more interesting aspects of supplementation where you actually can influence your body the most is, is on the health side of things. There are quite a, quite a few things you can do that improve various aspects of your physical and even mental health. Um, there are not very many things that you can take that are going to influence your muscle or, or body fat levels.
1: What's up, my friend, and welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm your host, celebrity trainer and high-performance health coach, Ted Rice. This is a podcast for men and women who are looking to boost their energy and upgrade their health. So get ready to learn Proven Health Fit is mindset strategies to unlock your full potential. And I've got a great guest and a great interview for you today. In fact, it's been months in the making and we finally sat down and made it happen for you. The guest's name is Mike Matthews. He's the man behind the Muscle for Life blog and also Legion Athletics, the the supplement company, Legion Athletics. And you can find Legion Athletics out at legionathletics.com. And it's really great to have Mike on the show today because don't you ever wonder if you're wasting your money with some of those supplements or what about the hype that so many supplement companies use to sell their products? Have you ever wondered, like, what's the truth behind all that? Or is there any truth to any of the claims that they make? Well, Mike is here today to share inside information. And I'll tell you, some of it is going to rock your world a little bit. You will not believe how uh, lacking in ethics and sometimes downright criminal the behavior is in the supplement industry. It's a crazy, get rich and screw people over type of mentality. And that's why it's really important to have guys like Mike Matthews on and, and what Mike does with his supplement company and blog. He gets out good science-based information on his blog. He, he's getting out high-quality supplements that actually have what it says on the ingredients label, which you would think, well, of course, duh, of course it does. But actually, a lot of supplements don't have what it purports to have on that ingredients label. And you're going to learn about that and, and more. And what I want to tell you is we talk a lot about supplements and we talk a lot about uh, Legion Athletics, Mike's supplement company, and I say some good things about it. And I want you to know going into this that I don't have any affiliate relationship with Mike and Legion Athletics. And that's important because I'm just having him on today to share with you information and to share uh, another company who's doing great work out there. And that's uh, all I have to say about that. So you're going to learn a lot with this episode. We're also going to get into the health and fitness industry in general and how to know who to pay attention to. And so if you're wondering about those hypey claims from a lot of your favorite internet gurus, we're going to go into that as well. Before we get to the interview, I want to tell you about the best masterclass I've ever done You can find that out at legendarylifepodcast.com slash free. And so if you're looking to boost your longevity, if you're looking to live longer, live better, live stronger, if you're looking for the type of approach that you should use to not only get yourself into amazing shape now, but to keep that up throughout the years so that you start reversing some of that biological aging so that... You're maintaining your health as you get older so that you can maintain your function and do the amazing things that you want to do in your life, whether that's playing with your kids or your grandkids or traveling the world like I've been. And I'll tell you, some of the places I've been to, you need to be in good shape. Climbing up 600 steps in one shot without having to rest a bunch of times, that That takes a certain level of uh, cardiovascular conditioning and leg strength. But hey, if you're riddled with injuries or if you have high blood pressure or anything like that, you're going to want to watch this masterclass because it's going to put you on the path to a long, healthy and happy life. Again, go to legendarylightpodcast.com slash free and watch it now. Without further ado, let's get to the interview with Mike Matthews. Mike Matthews, welcome to the Legendary Life Podcast. Thank you. We did it. We're the best. (laughs) Yeah. And for those of you listening right now who you don't know what that means, Mike (laughs) and I have been talking for so long trying to make something happen, but then something came up on your end and my end. And then I took an eight-month break from the United States and been traveling around Southeast Asia. But it's a week before I return home and we're making it happen tonight or your morning. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, Mike, I've been following your work for a long time. I view you as one of the good guys in the health and fitness industry because you put forward such great information. You make sure it's evidence based, science based, and you put it into practice with your coaching business. And you have best selling books and, um, you know, on changing your body, on cookbook recipes. You just, you have such a great thing going. So it's going to be great to have you on here and, and just dive deep into your new work, which is on workout motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, man, for those people who haven't heard of you before, just in case, I know you're a big deal now and you're <laughs> just Legion athletics is is blowing up as muscle for life is. But can you briefly talk about who you are? What you do? Yeah. I
0: mean, um, my standard answer to that is is I do health and fitness things. That's when people ask me. So primarily, I'm an author. Uh, I've written a number of books that are popular. Started with a book for men called Bigger, Leaner, Stronger that I self-published in 2012. Kind of on a whim. Didn't really know what to expect. I didn't even know if anybody was going to buy it. I just kind of wrote a short-ish, straightforward book. Um, the, the book that I wish someone would have just given me back when I started lifting weights and it would have saved me time and frustration and whatever. And, um, so that was the beginning of 2012 when I published that and by, I think I sold 20 copies in the first month or something, which was pretty cool just cause I, cause somebody bought my book. I really didn't even know if anyone, I didn't know, and, you know, this is when KDP's, uh, sorry, Amazon's, that's their self-publishing platform, KDP Kindle direct publishing. I think it stands for, uh, was, was getting some publicity for, um, they, they took, a dude named John Locke, who was their first self-published author to sell a million books, and they used his story, which was kind of a cool story, as a as a publicity pitch, and that was getting traction in the media. So I heard about it, and I was like, hey, I'll just I'll I'll write my own book, and I'm I'm not going to bother trying to go to the traditional route of getting an agent and so forth because who's going to listen to me? Who? Why would they care? I don't I don't have any following in in the fitness space. I, I don't have any behind-the-scenes network that I can tap into. So I just did it myself. And by the end of 2012, it was selling several thousand copies a month. And I had also, by then, written a couple other smaller books, kind of just trial balloons to just some different ideas that I had. And um, and that's when I decided, like, oh, there's an opportunity here. And from there, I wrote more books, and I started the website Muscle for Life, where I just – it was just a blog in the beginning. I just wrote uh, one or two articles a week, you know, longer form, Try to be as I tried. I try to write the articles, really as uh, as well as I could, as if I were trying to, you know, as if I were producing material for a book. Now I look back at some of the stuff that I wrote then, and I cringe now, which is probably a good sign, um, in that I've just become a better writer and I'm more informed now. Although I'll say one thing that I've I think been decently good at throughout is um, having a, a fair awareness of what I know and what I don't know. So. I, I was more limited in the beginning of what I was even willing to write about. And since then, I've done a lot more research and I've also worked with a lot more people and I feel like I'm qualified to speak on a lot more things. And um, so that's that's kind of the writing side of things. And then along the way, I started a supplement business because I saw that people were, I was using other supplements at the time, not very many, a protein powder, a pre-workout because I didn't like coffee at the time and a multivitamin you know fish oil simple things like that and on my website muscle for life I had a little recommendations section and my pitch for those supplements was like on the protein powder for example yeah this is convenient I was using Optimum Nutrition's and I was like honestly I think it tastes bad but I trust uh, I trust I trust on they they've been there have been a number of third party tests that have been posted online and they always test out so and and it's inexpensive and that's why I use it. Pre-workout formulations pretty bad honestly, but I don't like coffee and I like a little bit of caffeine before at least my like heavier squat and deadlift days. And um these other ingredients are a little bit under not but maybe it's better than nothing basically. And so those were kind of my pitches for for <laughs> these supplements, but a lot of people were were clicking through those links to Amazon. Which were tracked via their affiliate program and buying. And so I saw an opportunity to say, hey, I I can make the stuff that I want, which would be good ingredients, science, you know, ingredients with good science behind them, good dosages, all natural, uh, which we can get into if you want to get into why that. But, and I knew that while the business may not ultimately go anywhere, I'm not going to get stuck with the initial order because people are already buying. These other products through my recommendations, my lukewarm recommendations. So if I can really get behind something and say, "Hey, I actually really like this product." I mean, yes, it's mine, but let me explain to you why I really like it. And so I started. That was Legion Athletics, and that was 2014 was year one, and um, it does eight figures in sales now and is growing uh, well. And, you know, it's not. Yeah, it's all it's all relative, right? So you look at the growth when you when you look at you know the Inc. 500, and especially in tech, you have absurd uh, year-over-year growth, triple right. and even quadruple digits. And so Legion did have a it, it was it grew very quickly in the first few years, and now growth has uh, slowed slowed down. I think this year it has grown about 36 to 38 uh, percent, which is which is good. It's solid. It's not outstanding, but it's a good business. And, um, yeah, so that's that. And then I have a coaching service, which I started along the way simply to just to meet the demand because so many people were asking for it. And, uh, I have an app that I did for fun, which really was not fun, but it's done. So
1: (laughs) 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 could have done without that that one on.
0: Yeah. I could have done without that one, honestly, but now, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not even, no, I'm not, I don't feel pot committed. Um, it's not the sunk cost fallacy that I'm, but I I actually do believe in its potential and it has been well received. So putting a bit more money and time into it to do an overhaul of the UI UX, which I'm actually excited about. My brother-in-law is working with me on it and he has a good eye, a good aesthetic and the person, the people that he found, we have a good team on it. So, um stat it's called stacked uh, s-t-a-c-k-e-d and the 2.0 is going to be i think it's going to be very nice and I'm actually currently it's a free download and and it's like five dollars one time if you like it i'm just going to make it 100 percent free because at this point i just don't really care i don't need to directly make money from from downloads i'd rather just get into a bunch of people's hands and create that goodwill and create that good first impression where they're like shit this is actually really nice and it's free what else does this guy have you know
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the in-app purchases. That's what my one of my CEO clients actually he's not he's a CEO, but he's got like several different businesses. He was like, Ted, you gotta have an app, you gotta have the in-app purchases, which I was like, Man, it's not even near where I'm at right now, but thanks, John, you know? So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if we'll see where it goes, but the plan for direct monetization, yes, would be an in-app store where people could buy, for example, I think it would be neat if you could just buy uh, workout routines that are preloaded. So you can build your own, you can put it all in there, or you could pay a nominal fee for like a, a training phase or a mesocycle or however you want to, whatever term you want to use, but it could be, you know 2 to 3 months of of training that just gets loaded right into the app and it calculates everything for you. I think people would like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And something that c- people could just track right on their phone. And by the way, I've had listeners reach out and talk about legion supplements before and no this isn't Mike and I like planning to pitch anything. <laughs> we haven't even talked about that actually, which we should do. We should do a pitch for people and, you know, like we have done for supplements. But anyway, no, but people really like the way you come across and the way you provide the evidence for what you use. And uh, I like that too. I appreciate it. I don't, I don't take many supplements. I have tried a couple of yours. I've tried the green supplement and I thought it was one of the best green supplements that I've, if not the best green supplements, uh, that I've ever taken did it taste amazing, but it's because you put all the goodness in there, Mike, and a lot of people really hold back on those, the green supplements to make it more like, um, yeah, they have it, in other words. Inexpensive. In- inexpensive. Word. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
0: no, uh, uh, that, that product also, it's one of my personal favorites for that reason, but it costs me, that product costs me, I'd have to pull up a spreadsheet, I'm going to say around $18 a bottle to make.
1: It's expensive. Wow. Yeah,
0: and yeah. but but you see why? Like, look at the look at the formulation. I mean, yeah. even even the spirulina alone—that's expensive. If you want good spirulina, reishi mushroom, quite expensive. So yeah, th- I, that that product I, I like because I I would rather have people eat their fruits and vegetables as opposed to thinking that they can just have powdered fruits and vegetables instead, which is not true. I mean, I don't recommend that. I don't recommend. Oh, you know rep- trying to replace actual fruits and vegetables with just powders with a drink that you drink once a day um so that's why we wanted to go in another direction with the greens and provide things that you just wouldn't get in- through diet i mean you don't eat spirulina you don't eat weird mushrooms you don't eat maca root you know what i mean
1: yeah absolutely and uh like i said it's a great product and um i really love what you did with the dream team behind it as well you got even Henselman's, um, you know, said something great about... And, and he's such a stickler for, for products and just everything. making sure. Re- exactly. Everything. Recently did his course, I guess a year ago, finished it up a year ago. And uh, yeah, <laughs> he really is a stickler for everything. But yeah, man, I, I really appreciate what you do. And I also see that you got Curtis Frank read your recent article on, I think it was Berbrandt, And, uh, yeah, Curtis Frank's writing for you now, got him over from examine.com. That guy, I've always appreciated his approach, his perspective and how he, you know, doesn't hype things up or, or like a lot of people just say, oh, well, you know, the supplement's garbage. It's like really gives it to you straight, backs it up with evidence. And, you know, that's what we need more of in, in the fitness industry.
0: I agree. No, Curtis is great. He's been working with me since the beginning, uh, even when he was with Examine. Wow. He just didn't want me to. I mean, it was fine for him and his Examine people knew about it, but he just didn't, because of Examine's strict no affiliation policy, which I understand, he didn't want me to, he just, he just didn't want anybody to know in the public that he was doing that. Not that there was anything wrong with it ethically or morally. Like he wasn't, I was, I wasn't benefiting from examine at all. I was simply, he was simply helping with formulations. He was advising on formulations. So, you know, just out of respect to him, um, and our agreement was that he'll do it, but you know, uh, he just doesn't, he doesn't want to have any, any public credit for any of that work. And so when I would speak about the formulations back then, I would say that, I wouldn't take credit myself. I'd say, look, I have a I have a working understanding of supplementation, but the guy who I work with on formulations knows far more about it than I ever will. I mean, he's at a pharma D level, really, in terms of his understanding of biology and and supplementation and how they interact. But because of his work, he just can't be publicly associated with any supplement company, so he will remain anonymous for now. But that's the Curtis has been. He's been the guy, really. I can give him all the credit for for really every formulation. Uh, I've had some input, of course, but I really give him the credit. And now he works, yes, with me full time. So he continues. There's there's quite a bit of formulation work. We are looking at, you know, always looking at what we can do to improve existing products. So he is uh, upgrading. He's I think he's working on Phoenix or Fat Burner right now. And he has put together a, a new and improved formulation for our post-workout. And then with new products, and that's where guys like Menno and the other people who are on the board are all involved too, which is cool. Of course, there's a marketing value to having that, that board, but they also do really function as uh, an advisory board. And they come at products from different angles, which is cool for, for Curtis because as Knowledgeable as he is, sometimes he doesn't necessarily think of everything. So, uh, yeah, Curtis is great, and he does. He writes at the blog, and also I have him on my podcast once a month or so to talk about something that is interesting or that he finds interesting. And he also works on formulations and kind of it. He marshals the uh, everybody in the board.
1: Very cool. Well, Mike, since we're on this this topic of supplementation. And we've been talking about what you do with Legion Athletics. And, and you can find Mike's supplements at legionathletics.com. Let's talk about what's wrong with the supplement world and why you need to be careful about what supplements you take.
0: Well, I mean, there's um, – I mean, there was just – I saw a headline just recently. Another one of these scandals, um, a bunch of supplements were recalled because they were contaminated uh, with – various chemicals. I don't even remember the specifics. Uh, it seems like every other month there's some, some new scandal. Then you had the, the one that was what, about a year ago, right? Where it was, it was uh, a number of store brands, CVS. Uh, uh, I don't remember the exact, it was CVS. It was Walgreens. I think it was
1: um, GNC too, wasn't it?
0: GNC may have been a part of it. Uh, but anyway, it, it was that, <laughs> It was the la- the The vast majority of the products had none of what was even supposed to be what you're supposed to be buying. It contained none of it, and instead, it contained stuff like rice flour, asparagus, house plant. <laughs> Those were the Silica, actual house house plant, right? House plant. Right? Um, you, you can read about this. It was the New York uh, AG was pursuing it. If you just Google New York AG supplement asparagus, it'll it'll come up. Um, and so, what you have is. You have a lot of companies that are selling nothing that that's out there because they can until they get caught and they can make so much money until they get caught. And that doesn't really matter. And they may end up having to pay. It doesn't matter how much they have to pay because they made so much more. And you also have a lot of companies that aren't necessarily that corrupt, but are selling products that will never deliver the results that they're promising. That's very common, especially in the sports nutrition space. Just and low
1: dosages, right? Just lowballing the dosages.
0: Yeah, or just using ingredients that don't work. So let's say like testosterone boosters, right? This is a oh, very yeah. hot topic these sure. days. I mean, testosterone levels are on the decline, at least here in the West. And that materially impacts your quality of life, especially as a guy and as you get older. And um, so you have the the TRT industry is is on the rise um, due to that the you know anti aging is kind of how it's usually sold, and and also the natural stuff is is very very popular, but the majority of the ingredients that are used in these products not only they don't just lack evidence they've been proven to not work. So tribulus terrestris, for example, we know. Like the weight of the evidence now is that it does not work. Period. It does not work, um, and that means that you know you can find some early trials that showed promise, even though they had design flaws and they needed to be they needed to be followed up by better research. And we have the better research, which shows null, shows no effect. Um, so that's an example of if I mean I think that's almost a a simple litmus test for a supplement company is do they sell a testosterone <laughs> booster? Yeah. If, if they yeah. do, don't buy anything from them. And, and if they sell it as a testosterone booster, now it's one thing to say, and Curtis is actually working on a product that will not be a testosterone booster. That is not how we will sell it. What we actually might do is take our multivitamin and turn that into a multivitamin for men and include some things that can help support healthy levels of Let's say there's probably there's testosterone and a couple other hormones. Just giving the body some ingredients that, if that 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 can help normalize things. If you are deficient in, for example, um, it might help bring things up. But we I would not sell it as a testosterone booster. And then we can actually do the same thing for women, which is kind of cool. Make a multivitamin for women, which will be dosed differently in the vitamins and minerals because obviously the average woman does not need. Uh, just, just by the size of her body does not need the, the, the same levels of the key vitamins and minerals as men. And then change some of those extra ingredients to some that have been shown to just help women improve their overall health. It also even reduce uh, period cr- like symptoms. Um, there's, there's, well, there are one or two herbs that are good for that. And so, anyways, if a, if a company sells a testosterone booster, that's a really bad sign. And especially if they're selling it, uh, if if the pitch is that it's going to to help you gain muscle faster and it's going to skyrocket your sex drive and help you stay lean, no, absolutely not. That's called uh,
1: exercise. Only,
0: yeah, that's called <laughs> exercise, or and, and, or drugs, and or drugs. Right, and or uh, drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So so, anyways, that's and that's really the. The fundamental problem with the supplement space, as I see it, is the the current model requires that you make shitty products. Period. Because you have the supplement company, which needs to make their margin, and then you have like the wholesaler. Or, well, sometimes it's even distributor first, depending on the relationship. You have the from the manufacturer to the distributor slash wholesaler to the retailer to the consumer and they all need their margins. And so what that means is that, and this is is not unique to the supplement industry. This is just if you are selling hard goods, this is the game. And if you are going through traditional retail channels and traditional distribution channels, this is the game. And so what that means is that a five times markup from manufacturing cost all in, not just the cost, but you have to fit, you have to factor in not just the the ingredients, but the all-in costs, the bottles, the freight, the everything, the you know warehousing costs, your final costs of goods. So five x multiple is not very good. That's on the low end. You can run a business on that, but that's not very exciting. That'd be one of your less profitable. You get below five, and it gets really bad. Eight is good. That's where. Any 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 standard that's like standard just best practices for for business if you're selling if you have a cost of goods and then anything above eight is fantastic. And so what that means is if you have a a product that is uh, let's say it's a a $20 pre-workout right and they spent $5 on it. That's not even a great margin. That is, uh, they'll make, everybody makes a little bit of money, but some products because of how popular they are, are kind of considered loss leaders. Protein is another one because high quality protein is expensive and people are not willing to pay what they would be. You know, if, if you're, it, my, my protein costs, I want to say around the same as the greens, actually 17 to $19 a bottle and I mean, you can simply just do that math. No one is going to be willing to pay $100 for a bottle of protein unless, you know, only a very, very small number of people would be willing to do that. And so what that means is that pre-workout that's 20 to 23, $24, let's say they spend $5 on it and everybody's making some money. But the problem is you can't make a great pre-workout for $5. You just can't, period. You can make... A pretty bad one. If you want to make a good one, you have to spend double that. And if you want to make a very good one, you have to spend closer to triple that. And that's even factoring in economies of scale, which don't benefit you as much as you might think in this industry, because the price of raws generally just go up. I mean, the price of everything generally goes up, if not for anything, not for any other reason than just inflation, but raws especially, and, and certain raws can just skyrocket. And with, um, the tariffs kicking in, there are certain ingredients that are going to be hit pretty hard actually. And so what that means is like the supplement game, the traditional supplement game is make a shitty product and just lie to, to sell it. And that's it. And it it's baked into the cake though, because, again if you are going to play if if a product is going to be sold through traditional channels and you can't cut out any of those middlemen that's it and even if you can then it comes down to what most supplement companies would rather do is instead of let's say that they they cut out a middleman you know i would love to if i ever could have a relationship maybe directly with something like well, let's let's say it's vitamin shop or GNC. They would have to be willing to take lower than average margins. And I would have to be willing to take lower than average margins. But that maybe could be made to work. Um, it may not be worth it on some products. It probably was, certainly would not actually because when you factor in all the costs, the margins, one of, one of us or both of us are going to make so little. They, at least they would be like, why? how can we justify using our shelf space when we actually don't want people to buy yours because we're going to make so much less than if they just buy your competitors. But even if, even in the case where you do figure out how to, cut, how to cut out a middleman, many supplement companies would rather just make more money and for, for Lamborghinis and Rolexes and shit than make better products. And so, you know, that just is what it is. And if I were selling clothing, you know, whatever shirt you're wearing right now or take your, your, your favorite Articles of clothing, you don't care that the company that made them spent maybe one eighth to one tenth of what you paid. To and that's it. That's their landed cost sitting in the store. One eighth to one tenth of what you paid. You don't care be, because you like the shirt. You didn't buy the shirt because you thought it's going to help you gain. It's not going to change your life. It's a shirt. And even if their cost was uh, was on the on the label. You still might not have even, you might have been like, well, whatever, that's that's business. And that's fine because it ends. It's a shirt sitting on a rack. There's no, the person's not sitting there pitching you on how this shirt is going to uh, turn you into a an alpha male, you know, uh, m- muscle bound bodybuilder. Um, supplements though are not sold. They're not just, you know, hey, buy this. It's not very good but it's maybe better than nothing buy it if you want <laughs> yeah you know, if if you don't yeah. you don't need it you know what I mean? That's not that. So the supplement, this the it's the, it's just it's just they're in a they're in a weird they're in a weird place. So that's one a
1: little th- quick story. I was looking into doing some supplements at at one time, and maybe I'll revisit it again. But I was speaking to a few manufacturers, and this one guy who was like, "Man, the CLA, you gotta you gotta sell the CLA." And for those of you who don't know what that is, or you probably actually seen it marketed to you. It's the conjugated l- linoleic or linolenic acid—I forget which—but it's been—it doesn't work. It's marketed as a fat burner; it doesn't work. But he was trying to sell me on the idea of coming up with a supplement, which I wasn't entertaining at all, simply because it's flying off the shelves. It's something that he, as a you know warehouse that manufactures these supplements, he sees like high margins. And I feel really bad for people who, I mean, I was one of those people. I just bought a ton of supplements and I was hoping they'd make up for my shortcomings and my lack of training programming and my <laughs> nutrition. Of course, it never worked, but, no. uh, but I tried. I, I spent a lot of money, a lot of time and, um, yeah, man, I, that, that's just another example. And what would you tell people? That, that's the, that's another good, there's a good red
0: flag. Maybe this would be a fun article to write. Actually, I'm going to make a note because yes, if, if it's a linoleic, a linoleic. So if, a, if a supplement company sells CLA, that's. Yeah, that's a red flag. Like a red either flag. they're just they're just lying to you because again, the wave of evidence here is that it probably does nothing. Um, there, for example, in one trial, it actually people supplementing with it gained more weight than the placebo. There were, uh, I believe, are one or two trials where it seemed there there it it was associated with um, slightly more weight loss over a ten to twelve week period, um, but. When, when you factor when you, when you take a look at all the evidence it's that it probably doesn't work and in some people it may accelerate rate, weight uh, accelerate weight loss a little bit but so little that you wouldn't care like I'm talking about an extra 300 pounded,
1: grams right oh yeah, an, extra pl- an extra extra extra
0: an an extra an extra pound or two over the course of many months.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> so never mind. It's
0: not that not 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 very exciting. And but it also made you who knows or you may it may actually lead to weight gain and the mechanisms are not understood and it's just a supplement that either either they don't care and they're just lying to you or they don't know and they're ignorant. So either way, why are you buying from that company? Because I, I think having some simple heuristics like that can help people help consumers just make better decisions because at least they can have a checklist you know what I mean yeah here here here's a quick checklist if you want to just quickly know where a supplement company is at and and quickly know if they're worth any of your time and I guess that would also go for for gurus and experts and or, or at least you know self-proclaimed or people like me should you listen to me or should you listen to random people on youtube or whatever see what they have to say on these five different things and you can quickly make uh, an informed decision
1: yeah that's that's really good advice actually so if someone's like first you got to get a testosterone booster Your your levels are probably a little low, you know, that low energy feeling. Yeah. And then we got to get you on some CLA to help burn that fat, you know, fast with no exercise or dieting at all. Yeah. And Mike, um, let's get practical, man. Why don't you break down since you're really in this space, not just of having a supplement company, but really understanding being around all these experts. Why don't you break down what someone can expect or or what someone should expect from supplementation and, and maybe some basics on like which ones they should or should not, or which ones they should take. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> which ones um, they should not take would be, you know, five hours.
0: Mo, uh, yeah, ninety-five percent. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs>
1: right.
0: What to expect? Uh, well, supplementation is supplementary by definition. So people need to know that you don't need any supplements uh, e- if you eat well and you train, you get enough sleep and just do your basic things that you should be doing. Supplementation is not vital. Um, I would say that if you have the budget and the inclination though, there are certain things or a few things that can help you gain muscle and lose fat faster. They're not going to change your life. They're not going to change the game, but they they do work in most people. I mean, you always have non-responders to something like creatine, for example, which is something I would recommend that everybody who's into resistance training of any kind take. Um, and you know, I think one of the more interesting aspects of supplementation, where you actually can influence your body the most, is is on the health side of things. There are quite a quite a few things you can do that improve various aspects of your physical and even mental health, um, there are not very many things that you can take that are going to influence your muscle or, or body fat levels. So in terms of exact products, uh, protein powder is convenient. That's the, I think the number one reason to use it. And there, there is some evidence that something like whey, for example, uh, is particularly good as a post-workout protein. Um, something slower-burning like casein is particularly good for before you go to bed. Um, which there's there are a number of studies that show, and, and it makes sense. It's no surprise that having some slower-burning protein before bed can help you gain muscle faster over time. Not because sleeping is a catabolic uh, act, you know uh, activity or that you're losing muscle in your sleep. It's just simply that let's say you eat your last bit of protein at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. or something, and you go to bed at 11, by then, unless it's a massive meal, your body is going to really be done processing, digesting, and processing the protein that you ate. And so now it has to wait, let's say, eight hours before it gets, or maybe even longer, before it gets protein again, which means that your body's muscle building machinery, so to speak, is kind of just sitting there waiting. Um, it can't do anything if it doesn't have the raw materials with that are needed to build lean mass. So by providing it with, uh, a dose of slower burning protein that maybe will get you through ha- at least half the night, right? So it allows, uh, your body to keep on repairing itself for depending on again, what the meal is, it could be four or five hours. Um, so a protein powder I like, and again, I personally use, I Actually, actually, I have, I mean, I use my own stuff, but it's, so it's a whey isolate. I'll use that. Uh, that's usually my post-workout and Any I it Any real difference
1: between the, the concentrate and the isolate? Any meaningful um, difference? Uh, the isolate is the macros are usually better.
0: So, um, no fat and a gram or two of carbs. It's not a big deal. Obviously there is no lactose in the- in the isolate, which matters to some people. And you, by buying an isolate, I think the main thing is that you at least know that you're getting something that is 90 plus percent protein by weight. Whereas with a concentrate, the best that you're going to get really is about 80, which is good if you know you're getting an 80. The problem is the low quality ways are always concentrates and you don't know. Like I, if I were just one of those people, um, I mean, I, we get Chinese manufacturers reaching out to us. Uh, uh, no. so, well, raw, raw raw suppliers reaching out to right. us all the time. I could cut my protein costs in half, even on the isolate side of things. But that's because they're not giving me whey isolate, and you don't. And, I, and it would basically, what I would need is I would need a, a a vendor who I mean, I would know that they're not giving me isolate, yeah. and then you need a manufacturer who's complicit because manufacturers that have integrity and go by CGMP standards they test uh all raws that are that you are telling them to put in bottles. So it would not test out as as isolate. But you can find manufacturers that don't care and they will just they won't test and they'll pretend like they do and blah, blah, blah. But I I could do that and I could, you know, greatly increase my uh Lamborghini and Rolex quotient. But that, that that's the problem, though, with concentrate is you can get a concentrate that's as low as 20 to 25% protein by weight, and the rest is, is carbs and fat and junk. And sometimes it's amino spiked as well, which means that what you do is, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but when you look at a, a supplement facts panel and it says 20 grams of protein per serving, um, the verification for that legally speaking you don't have to prove that it has 20 grams of protein you simply are proving that it has the nitrogen content that 20 grams of protein would provide it's a it's a proxy nitrogen is used as a proxy to indicate how much protein is there now if it's it is if it is just protein it works but what you can do is you could use half of the amount of protein you're supposed to use, so it only provides half of the amount of nitrogen that would be required to meet the label claims, and then you can add an amino acid, a, ni- a cheap, a nitrogen-rich amino acid like glycine, for example. Glycine tastes good as well; it's sweet, mm. so that helps. Um, and it's good you use too. <laughs> yeah, it has some benefits. Actually, it's in it's in my sleep supplement, um, and so. You you then it's spiking is what they call it right with with glycine to bring those nitrogen levels up to where they need to be, and you've now cut your costs. So that's you, you get into that kind of those shenanigans um, with concentrates in particular. Even worse than concentrate would be a milk protein. So I don't use that obviously. Right. And so uh, there's nothing wrong with a concentrate. It's just I would say to a consumer. You have to really trust the company, and I don't sell a concentrate, so you can't buy it from me even if you wanted to, uh, but you know, I, I always personally, I would go to an opt-in nutrition back before I had my own stuff because, again, um, I don't think that they have the incentive to cheat. I think it's very they have very much a disincentive to cheat because they are so big, and they're still growing rapidly. The last thing that they would need is some huge scandal about – and their protein, they are the biggest – buyer of, of way in, yes, way in the world. I mean, it's absurd how much way that they buy. So they have a complete monopoly, really, on the way business, which is fine. I'm not even complaining, um, but it's just... They are, again, I think it's very much a dis I think that incentivizes them to continue using a- good protein. And they're owned by Glambia. They're very vertically integrated. Glambia owns a bunch of whey farms. I buy protein from Glambia. <laughs> so that's that's what I would say I'm on the way. And one of the next supplements that I recommend everybody consider taking is vitamin D, because most of us are deficient in it. And if you really want to find out, you can get a simple blood test and um, and find out. But unless you spend a fair amount of time in the sun with a fair amount of your, uh, skin exposed, you, you probably, your vitamin D levels are probably low. And another supplement that I recommend, and, and the reason why vitamin D, I mean, I won't get into a whole tangent on it, but it's not just, it was once thought it was just like a bone vitamin. And we now know it's, it's, it's more a hormone because most cells in the body have a receptor for vitamin D and it, and it impacts our, mental and physical health and performance in many different ways. Being vitamin D deficient is it can really mess you up. Another that I really like is some sort of omega-3 fatty acid supplement. So I yeah, personally really take fish sure. oil.
1: Yeah, really mixed uh um, you know, opinions or or I guess interpretations of the research on that, but you're still convinced that it's the thing to do.
0: Well, I mean it's from what I've seen it's more just the controversy over does it does it reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease mm, So there was some point. new yep. n- new research that just came out that was it was kind of heralded as like oh but it's a flop but when you look into the research it actually did reduce um, the incidence of heart attack by I want to say it was tw- it was in the 20s it was like 23 to 28 percent. It didn't produce necessarily, I guess maybe the miraculous types of results that omega-3, sellers and uh, manufacturers wanted to see but there are also a number of other benefits to it's not it's not the supplementation per se it's getting enough EPA and DHA it's getting enough omega-3 fatty acids it it could be through your diet that's fine you don't have to supplement with it but that does mean that you're going to have to eat a fair amount of fatty fish and if you don't like anchovies and sardines then that means you're going to have to go to stuff like mackerel and you have to go to fish that by, if you just look at pollutants, like you're not supposed to eat that much of it. So you it's kind of a catch 22. Um, whereas supplementation is a very easy way to get enough omega threes without having to eat a bunch of fatty fish and maybe then get too many pollutants and have to deal with that. So it, it could be krill oil though. It doesn't be fish oil, or it could be, unfortunately, plant-based are not the best because the conversion body the conversion process in the body is is pretty inefficient but yeah there are there are a number of other reasons to to maintain adequate omega-3 fatty acid intake it's not just for for heart health it i mean it impacts your your brain health and it impacts even muscle building it even impacts fat loss i mean i wouldn't call it a muscle building or fat burning supplement but it does play a role in those processes in the body So that's another one. And I would say creatine, like I was saying earlier, one of the most researched molecules in all sports nutrition. Overwhelming weight of the evidence is that it works. Some people are non-responders. Sure, that's the case with everything. It's completely safe unless maybe you have kidney disease or you only have one kidney or something. Five grams a day, it's cheap. And if you are like most people, it will help you build muscle and gain strength a bit faster. Beta alanine is also an interesting supplement that can improve performance more in high intensity stuff, but also does seem to help you gain muscle faster, similar to creatine, not similar mechanisms, but uh, it's not as effective, but I think it's one of the more interesting for, for performance, one of the more interesting supplements. And yeah, I mean, I could go on, but I think that's, uh, what about citrulline
1: malate? What do you, uh, what do you think about where are you on that one right now?
0: Yeah, citrulline—that would be one of the next. Actually, if I were to keep going, it improves performance. Again, it's slight, but it works. I mean, that's the weight of the evidence. And new research came out just recently, just confirming that. And that's why it's in. Like, I have my pre-workout pulse has a rather large, eight gram dosage of it, which is six to eight grams is really what you need um, to see benefits. And of course, it's natural, and there's no reason not to not to take it, other than budget or personal preferences. So, so yeah, no, citrulline is another another good one. It's not vital, but it's a good one.
1: Yeah. I've had to, had to ask that one because I've recently gone back to Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai training and caught the martial arts bug again after being in Thailand for a while. But actually, you can't really buy too many supplements over here. It's really strange. I don't want to get, go into it, but you can buy antibiotics over-the-counter, but you can't get like, um, you can get protein powder, but I don't know if you can get citrulline malate or anything like that. And even if you can, it, it would be hard to find. It's very, very strange situation, I guess, in in Thailand, but in all of Southeast Asia. So uh, I'm going to have to stock back up before I end up coming back out here early next year. Good stuff, Mike. And thanks so much, man. And, and good to know about some of those things that um, I asked you about in particular, the official, because it's something that I've promoted for a long time, but you know, sometimes it's like, Oh, I wanted to ask you, cause I know obviously you're in this business and you're around all these experts and you're really up on all the, all the latest research because it's kind of your job to be in, in the supplement industry. If you're going to go around talking about supplements and, you know, and, and well, maybe it's not your job, but you, you. That's what I like about you. You really take it seriously, and you want to give people the best information possible. Um, so, no, really appreciate that, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I wrote an article on, uh, and I and I also recorded a podcast on the carnivore diet.
1: Ooh, and
0: yeah, yeah somebody somebody had commented. Uh, just paraphrasing, basically saying, "Oh, well, you know, wouldn't wouldn't it be?" Unfortunate if diet really were that simple because then I wouldn't have a a platform or or I wouldn't have like a business. Basically, it's in my business interests to to dismiss the carnivore diet or anything like it. And I mean, the person doesn't know anything about my business Obviously. or they have they haven't read a <laughs> book. Because it's like no, uh, not at all. If if I if I were convinced um, that this was a superior way to eat, then I would just talk about that. What are you talking about? Like, I would then in in my in my books, I would update them and I would say, "Hey, you should consider doing this because of all of these great reasons." But that's not the case, so I don't. And instead, I just recommend that people eat a flexible, balanced, nutritious diet. Like, what?
1: <laughs> you mean ketogenic diet, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's you know, I've had I've had
0: a number even even like publishers and stuff who say just just do something with keto cuz it is exploding i mean it's ridiculous especially on the books these keto books these keto cookbooks i mean it's it's free money if you know how to sell books and you know oh, that game man.
1: And I I can't I can't do it because number one I, I it's not that I don't believe in it of course if you you know have a calorie deficit you're gonna lose body fat but the protein so low the hat the the fat so high and then most people the way they implement it with like well I've, you know I drenched my bacon and butter to hit exactly. those fat macros it's like that's not good for you I mean you can yeah. okay you're getting you're 30% of my
0: daily calories are coming from saturated fat <laughs> exactly
1: like, that's not yeah, good that's for
0: you probably you know? not now there are probably some people not. right there are some people where you actually would find that it their cholesterol or it doesn't it doesn't sh- shoot out the top and their ldl doesn't shoot out. but um you know one of just random one of the guys in the office here um uh, they, i had i was i was I challenged a couple of the guys here to to do a quote unquote clean eating challenge just because their diets were so bad. And it was just like, could you, can you actually just eat normal food for a month? Is that possible? And so one of the guys did a good job on it. Like he had to, it was, it was pretty strict. He had to keep his sugar intake low. He couldn't have any like highly processed uh, foods, no artificial sweeteners. He had to just eat real food and you know, uh, it actually, he, even after, at least now he has continued eating vegetables for the first time in his life. So that's smart. But the other one, I don't even know why he did it because all, all he did was he basically just ate yeah, a shitload of butter and ground beef and stuff that I guess technically, you know, meets the, we, we were going off of, um. we got some input from from everybody on the advisory board just for fun as to like, what should this diet really look like? And so I think Menno was the one who had a very specific list actually for his coaching clients. So we were like, yeah, this is clean, right? Quote unquote. Um, so here, do this. And because butter and ground beef were on the list, so he, you know, every day was like, a stick of butter and a pound of ground beef and, uh, very, very little in the way of fruits and vegetables, but, uh, they got blood work before and after. And the dude who did it well, um, he, he saw what well, he saw an increase, uh, improvement in his, I want to say it was cholesterol. So one or two improvements in just a month. And the other one, his cholesterol was out the roof. His LDL was out the roof. (laughs) And so, you know, but, but by, yeah, by today's like, you know, keto standards or even just low carb, high fat standards, um, his diet would have been, would have been great. And some people would have said, yes, this is fantastic. This is the way to eat yet. His risk for heart disease was notably higher and he's young. And of course he can get away with it, but if he would have, who knows, I mean, 10 years of that. And, uh, that atherosclerosis takes time.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm glad we're talking about this. I mean, it's a whole nother can of worms that we could open up and, and go on about. But um, I fell into that low carb, high fat, you know, fat is good for you. Fat doesn't really make you fat. Carbs raise insulin and insulin yep. makes you fat type of thing and it's so but wait, simple.
0: protein. What about protein though? That's always like protein raises insulin just as much as carbs. Well yeah. this is a, a absolutely beef is just as insulogenic as white, as white bread. Like how does that work then? Oh no, that's the good insulin. I forgot that. That's the good insulin. Carbs good insulin. Produce, Yeah, carbs produce the bad insulin. That's what it is.
1: Yeah. And it, well, you know, we, that was before this was, um, you know, I started doing that about 20 years ago after attending yeah, yeah. a Paul check lecture and just, you know, he was very into it. Do you know who that is by any chance? The name it's C-H-E-K, right? Yeah. C-H-E-K. So I, the name sounds familiar. I'm going to pull it He's Paul a guy Cech. who he's kind of, he's the guy behind, like, I guess, the whole archaic revival, the paleo, it, he, he was paleo before it was paleo. He really got it out there. I mean, obviously oh. like the Western price foundation, I I'm not saying he's someone you should be looking up and um, listening to right now because if sure, you sure. Watched,
0: No, I'm just looking at him. He's like an old shredded dude,
1: old shredded dude, strong as hell. I've, I've hung out with Paul, worked out with Paul. And uh, he made a lot, a big impact on me early in my career, as he did with many other like notable strength coaches, Eric Cressy, and um, mm. you know Mike Roberts, uh, Chad Waterbury, mm. guys like that. Kind of before your Minnow Henselman's, your Greg Knuckles, which are like the guys who are popular now, and um, mm-hmm. uh, Eric Helms. But, uh, but anyway, that started way back then. And I got actually, I mean, I was, sh- I was pretty in great shape. I was pretty shredded, but I was working out cr- like crazy. I was competing in jujitsu, lifting weights, um, you know, mm-hmm. doing heavy strength training worked out for me. But when I got a bunch of injuries and had to stop competing and I was the guy who was like, Oh, I, I eat the butter because like it's good for me type of mentality that didn't work so well when uh, my energy expenditure went down and I started packing on yeah. the pounds I was like what the hell's going on uh, you know I, I guess I just must be old at the ripe old age age of like 30 you know 34 or whatever it was <laughs> at the time
0: oh uh, um, yeah that's when the, that's when the metabolism turns off so that's all
1: yeah then exactly it's just then, a switch right?
0: it's a switch and, and yeah. it just turns off
1: yeah well you know a lot of people th- think that right now listening and, and, um, you know, they chalk up a lot of their decay to age when it's really just, you know, following the wrong advice. And that's why guys like you are so important. That's why guys like me are so important because I'm, I'm doing well financially. I switched over my business to one-on-one coaching. Everything's going well. We just, we're hiring a VA, we're hiring a whole team. My, my future is bright. I don't need to plug CLA, sell CLA or, you know, talk about keto and how it's so amazing to make money in this industry because I get re- great results with my clients and, um, you know, have a list of people wanting to work with me, but that's not the case for the majority of people. And, uh, you know, just to kind of finish off things, I think there's a lot of similarities between what you said in the, about just how sketchy the supplement industry is with the health and fitness industry. I mean, you must have some thoughts on that as well being, you know, with Muscle for Life and how long you've been putting out content and your bigger uh, leaner stronger books. What what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's probably I
1: mean, I, every industry it's
0: probably most industries are probably similar, right? Like most spaces, I'm sure if you were to listen to podcasts in any space, you're going to have some people saying that most everything is a fraud. And that's that's the world we live in. I think it, that's more of a, a, a critique of our society than it is any individual in, industry. And that probably comes down to, there are a lot of factors, but I think a lot of that comes down to people's personal ethics um, a lot of people are they don't have any problem cheating and lying and stealing when it comes down to it and so yeah you see that uh, just like how it is in the supplement space you see that in the in the information space and what is fundamentally cheating lying and stealing is lauded as great marketing And that is the game is, and I understand, I understand. I mean, I I really enjoy marketing. I think I'm pretty good at it, certain aspects of it. And yes, you do have to sell a bit of sizzle. doesn't mean you have to lie, but it means that just having a good product, a true, you know, honest product isn't enough. You have to do that. Plus you have to be a good salesperson. You have to be a good persuader. You have to be a good marketer. Um, And what you have is you have a lot of people who are good marketers and they don't really care. Like they, that's really what they specialize in. And that's where they've put the majority of their time and their effort is into becoming a good marketer, a good persuader. And they don't really care about the quality of their product or service, or if they do, it's just enough. If we look at it in terms of exchange value, where people go, I guess I got my money's worth. I guess they're not wowed. It's just kind of a meh. And um, and then of course you do have uh, there are a lot of people out there that feel differently. And, and I, I haven't looked too much into it, but I feel like just with the amount of books uh, that I've read on just business and there's definitely seems to be a growing trend of more. I don't know if conscious capitalism is the is the term I don't know. I don't know if there even is a term, but where people are realizing, I guess, first and foremost, that it actually is much better business to deliver good products and services. And there's also the additional satisfaction and fulfillment that comes from it because I think most people are are good people fundamentally. Um, it's just when they get a taste of money or power, it can just warp them. But I think there are a lot of people out there right now who are making plenty of money, but who do struggle to sleep at night because no matter how many ways they rationalize their behavior they there's something gnawing at them inside that is just like you're a fraud you're a fraud, <laughs> you're, a Unless fraud.
1: you're a total sociopath right? right
0: and those are out there those people are out there too and those people are also in in many cases can be very successful if if you if you combine sociopathy with high iq high conscientiousness uh, that person can go very far especially in certain sectors like politics Those are, that's what you need to, uh, rise to the top of that game. No question. And probably financial sector, you probably find a bit of that. And that's not to, to necessarily demonize all politicians or or everyone in the finances, but, or in the financial sector. But yeah, that, that combination definitely will, it's, it's, I think, conducive to very high level success in certain areas and not so much in other areas. And those people would be naturally drawn to certain areas, where the potential for self aggrandizement is so high and where they can also the they're, they 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 feel like they're among their own kind too and all playing that game of trying to backstab each other and whatever. So, yeah, you have it you have quite a bit of that in the space. Some of it is in, in the health and fitness education space. Some of it is just ignorance where you have people who are actually not trying to lie. Um, they're not putting in the work to really educate themselves. They're kind of just going with the trends and figuring that, like, oh, this doctor says that ketogenic is the way of the future. I, uh, I just I, you know, I listened to one podcast. He's therefore, a doctor, exactly. And actually, he's a chiropractor, but <laughs> <laughs> he says he's a doctor. And right. you know, and okay, uh, and they feel like that's enough. And maybe um, they, they don't have a great bullshit detector, and so then they're propagating that information and. They're kind of an unwitting accomplice to the, to the scam. And then there are people that are, they know exactly what they're doing and it's just chasing money. However, as you said, there, uh, you have guys like Greg and Meno and Eric and Mike Sordos works with them on their research review. And you have a lot of other people as well who are, I think, doing a pretty good job with the quality of the information and the marketing. And then you have all the, all the readers and followers as well who do a great job spreading the word, you know, so I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I would say I actually on, on the whole, I think the, tr- the overall trend, there it's are some very positive, yeah, I think so. I think there are some very positive aspects in that I think being, being fit and active and healthy is, is definitely becoming more mainstream and becoming more popular mainstream. I mean, even look at, Look at the explosion of the athleisure space, right? Like Lululemon, and um, I guess Nike is now deep in it. Under Armour, that it's just becoming more popular to be to work out and be fit, and um, to eat real food, and try to minimize your exposure to potentially harmful chemicals. Although drug use in certain like with marijuana and and now with psychedelics is is that that's now becoming super trendy which is probably bad but probably not maybe not as bad as as alcoholism at least in the case of marijuana use but yeah so i'd say on the whole i think things are moving in the right direction but like everything you know nothing's ever perfect so you have to take the good with the bad and see what you can do to magnify the good and minimize the bad
1: yeah and what would you say to someone I mean, we're we're going on an hour now and I want to be respectful of your time and respectful of the listeners, but what would you say to someone who's having trouble figuring things out? And and I'll I'll put a little context around this. A lot of the listeners, I've had Dave Asprey on the show a couple of times. I've I've kind of changed. I actually do appreciate him in a few ways, but although I strongly disagree with a lot of what he says, especially recently... Or, or at least the most recent things that I've seen about him, but people. What's his
0: most recent thing? I, I don't follow okay. him at all. I have no interest in him.
1: So I watched a a talk from his last bulletproof uh, biohacking conference, and he was talking about a study where they were giving astronauts, a lot of salt, and they were ending up burning more fat. And so he was talking about, oh, it was one of his biohacks is to eat more salt. And I was looking at how much salt exactly he was talking about and how much fat. And it was like eight grams of sodium a day. And it was not, uh it was a nominal <laughs> amount of fat being burned. And I just facepalm myself. I'm like, dude, what? I mean, I guess he has to keep coming up with cool things or maybe he's too busy to really do like it wasn't good research. In other words, it's not something you, you would say, Oh, well, wow, this is so convincing. Let's start bumping up, you know, let's, let's just start downing the, the table salt or, or the Celtic sea salt. Or yeah. Himalayan, I mean, that's
0: that's only you know? like three and a half times the, the government exactly. recommended. I mean, what's the problem? And, and the fact that inadequate potassium intake is, is rampant. Um, but yeah, right. sure, whatever. Just turn
1: it loose. Exactly. But uh, my point was that a lot of people who follow him or follow Tim Ferris I, I try to tap into their audiences. I mean, I do appreciate sure, him yeah. in some ways for what he's done, although I'm not you know a raving fan or any I'm, you know but but then people get uh, confused when they hear Tim talking about like some of the four hour body stuff or Dave Asprey, who has never really been able to transform his body that much and he's downing you know a stick of butter in his coffee every day. People get confused. What can you say to help people tease out like who they should be following and not to go down those roads that just end end you up with less results and, and usually less money in your pocket.
0: Yeah, it can be a lot less money depending on how many how deep you go into the into the uh, into the rabbit hole. But uh, I would say one: stay away from biohacking. Period. Um, The whole space, just stay away from it. It doesn't have much to offer, in my opinion. And most of what's there is just a scam anyway. Instead, focus on fundamentals, the the hard stuff, the stuff that people don't want to do, like understand energy balance and understand their approximate calorie expenditure versus intake. Another basic is the... Importance of eating nutritional foods and those are m- foods that – all foods are processed to some degree but but relatively unprocessed stuff you have to make yourself. Um, the importance of having a couple servings of fruit and vegetables uh, every day and making sure you're getting enough fiber and you know, as far as, far as protein goes, uh, you have some options depending on how you want to eat and your intake. How much you need to eat really kind of depends on your lifestyle and what you're doing and um, but really that comes down to is a balanced diet of mostly, uh, unprocessed foods. And then there's the exercise side of things. That's also, of course, one of the fundamentals that a lot of people they're trying to get out of having to exert effort. And, and that's, that's a whole nother conversation, but I think that's one of the root of all evils is the unwillingness to exert effort. And even when you go into the history of money and what does money represent in the end and the value of anything is the amount of effort that went into it. And that just seems to be a human, that's just human nature. When we were bartering back before we even had money, it was the amount of effort that it took to acquire the skills, to acquire the thing. And, you know, free market forces finds an equilibrium between effort expended for different things. So if you're going after something because it seems like a magic bullet or like a quick fix, you're, you're trying to get out of effort, trying to get out of doing the hard things. And that opens you up to being exploited. Um, and and if you're going to exploit people, if you are a sociopath, you, you always look for the downtrodden. Those are the people who are most easily exploited because they are the ones who have problems that they don't want to face and they don't want to have to solve. And so you can just promise the easy outs. So... Coming back to exercise, fundamental is, is depending on what you want to do, I would, you know, I always recommend that people take whatever time you have to give to exercise, and most people can find three to five hours a week and give 80% of that time to resistance training. It doesn't have to be weightlifting, but something to train your muscles, and there are a number of reasons for that beyond just like what you see in the mirror. There are, There are very important health reasons, especially health and longevity reasons, and then if you like doing cardio... Or if it is, let's say you're, you're wanting to lose fat, doing some extra cardio can help you lose faster, but make that the, the minority of your time. And then there's some lifestyle stuff. Getting enough sleep is very fundamental. And that's, again, something that many people don't want to hear or don't want to do. Because really what that means is for a lot of people, less screen time, so less time on the TV or video games or computer or whatever, and more discipline um, which, of course, is an overarching factor in all of this. And you could probably say something for trying to minimize doing what you can to minimize stress, not from a biohacking standpoint, but actually f- addressing what is fundamentally stressful in your life and, and trying to minimize that. And so all that is going to give you, I, I honestly think, more than 80 percent of your health. That's the most any, anything you can do with supplementation or we quote unquote biohacks is going to be, I think less than, I would say it's probably five to 10% of your overall health performance and longevity is going to come from weird stuff like eating a shit ton of salt, which makes no sense at all. <laughs> but so then if you're, if you use that as a weather vane in terms of where should you, where should you be not just putting your effort, but where should you be pointing your ears? I would say, look for people who are saying things like that because those are the scientific realities. One of the there's such a huge disconnect between the scientific literature and mainstream populist trends in the health and fitness space, where in scientists, many in many cases, they're ripping their hair out because they're take weight loss. Like they've had this taped for decades. They we have, we have a century of metabolic research under our belts. We know how the metabolism works as far as weight loss goes and energy balance goes. There's absolutely no question. Um, they can even figure it
1: out of, with an equation.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like you, they have spreadsheets that will tell you if you eat this, here's, here's your information. If you eat these number of calories, here's how your weight loss will play out to within maybe 10% accuracy over time. doesn't matter. Macronutrient composition. We know that we know that high protein is good in this in this context, like you do, you, there's no reason not to eat a higher protein diet when you are wanting to lose weight or lose fat. But beyond that, it doesn't really matter in terms of carbs and, and fats. And there are some, like my version of hacks for when you are losing weight it would be more just little things you can do to increase general satiety. Uh, so you just increase your fullness, stave off some hunger and cravings. And that's, there are some simple little things you can do, but it's not like, you know, eat, uh, dead sea salt or something like that. It's, it's make sure that you are eating higher fiber, uh, foods like vegetables, drink water with each meal. It's just little things, make sure you're sleeping enough. And this is, I think it's not, this is not just applicable to health and fitness. This is something that I, myself, I'd say I've taught myself a number of random things over the years, skills and things. And I always try to take that first principles approach where I'm looking to go to the original who really who are the people that discovered the 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 real underlying principles as opposed to going to the later embroiderments upon them and I'm looking for the stuff intentionally that most people are not wanting to do and looking for an understanding of how the basic systems in play work as opposed to just looking for quick fixes like uh, I just I want I want to it take take language learning, right? So I'm learning German. So the the standard, the scam in the language learning space is fluent in and then insert short time period there. That's the scam. Anybody that's selling you on, oh, be fluent in three months. No. If you're going to work on it eight to 10 hours a day for three months straight and immerse yourself either through living in the country or replicating that, you know, like you're only going to read in that language. You're only, you're going to listen to maybe some podcasts or t- watch some TV in that language and really artificially immerse yourself. You are never, ever going to achieve. And if I, let's just say fluency equals a high school level of fluency. No way, no way, unless you're a savant, then maybe, um, I don't care what kind of system you have. It just, it takes, of good work, probably a thousand hours or so to to reach a high school level of fluency or late, late, at least late high school, early college. So I guess, you know, that would be some advice is uh, the, the more the fancier and weirder the pitches are and the more unbelievable the results are. And the more people are trying to sell you on not having to work hard and not having to do the difficult stuff that you don't really want to do, the more likely it is that you're just being taken for a ride. And I see it every day, of course, in the fitness space, because I find people when they reach out to me, a lot of them have gone through that. And I understand when they get into it, they hear some pitch that you can lose 30 pounds in 30 days taking some pills. They're like, yeah, it sounds too good to be true, but who knows? And right? it's 40 it's 40. Fuck it, I don't care. Let's try. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you have the dietary equivalent of that and so but you have enough of that and then you finally go, "All right, well, now I'm going to look for the opposite. I'm I, I don't I don't believe this anymore." And then when they hear me saying, "Hey, you can you can gain as if you're a guy, you can gain 15 to 25 pounds of muscle in your first year." And then they go, "Well, that's a little bit less exciting than the first like two months, but I'm now interested because at least this guy is, that sounds from a bit more, uh, realistic and it sounds a bit harder, which seems to be reality. And so, you know, I, I found that to be true in fitness, in language learning in golf. So I was pretty into golf uh, before I moved to Virginia and then anyways. So
1: yeah, growing a business, it all takes time. Sure. All sure, yeah, there's time. that. There's that as well. Yeah. Well, well, Mike, man, this has been an awesome conversation. I like how we, you know, talked about supplements and then, you know, got to the deeper issues behind some of the people that are in your industry in the supplement industry, in our industry, um, in the health and fitness industry and, you know, how clearing it up for people so that they can be better consumers and avoid all that heartache and lack of results and frustration and blaming themselves for it when in reality, they're just following a strategy that was never going to work. So thanks so much for coming on today and, and sharing your, your knowledge and, and most importantly, your time. We got to do this again, man. It was fun. We, I, I wanted to interview you about your, your motivation book and we, it just took a, a really cool turn and it was great, but I feel like we've got a part two coming.
0: Yeah, uh, I would love to do it. And, and again, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on your show and have a chat.
1: Awesome. And you can find Mike Matthews out at muscleforlife.com, lesionathletics.com. All the links that Mike mentioned uh, will be on the show notes for this episode. Mike, do you have anywhere else or, or any place else? I know you're not big in the social media these days, or or are you?
0: No, yeah. I, I mean, I have obviously social media accounts, and I guess I have a little bit of a following there. But I I don't like. I I think that the world would be a better place if social media were just banned tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> if it were just gone. And I'm not joking. If Facebook were shut down, Instagram shut down, Twitter shut down. However, I, I'm I'm there, but I'm not very active. I am gonna hire somebody. It's just it's one, I don't like it personally. I don't use it personally outside of work. I, I'm not ever, I, I'm on no social media networks, uh, outside of my like. I consider them work accounts really, you know what I mean? Um, sure. cause it's, I'm representing myself as a Mike Matthews, the fitness guy, but I don't use it personally at all. But I do rec- obviously recognize the value of it and it would be stupid, I, I think to completely neglect it because I disagree with it ideologically. So I'm, I'm going to be hiring someone to work with me on it because doing it well is a full-time job. That's also one of the reasons why I'm like, eh, you know, I I could give it time, but if I'm going to do a good job on it, it's going to, it takes, it takes quite a bit of time to come up with, uh, come up with the strategy and of, in terms of like, okay, what are this month's posts going to be and why? And you know what I mean? So I'm going to work with someone hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And and really in somebody who also likes social media and who because I think keeping your finger on the pulse and really understanding how the meta is changing is is important as well. So, yes, I'm on social media. I'm not very active. If people want to follow me, they can. And I, I I'm willing to be more active. I'm just going to use it, though, as a, I'm not. I'm just not interested in having it be like a look at me, look at my life. Uh, my life is boring anyway, but I'm more interested in just using it as an education platform. So I I create a lot of educational content. There's no reason why we can't repurpose a lot of that into, let's say it's an Instagram post and sure it can be a picture of me and I got to play the game a little bit and Oh, look, it's me shirtless with, I don't know, some meat or something, but then it's, you know, content talking about the carnivore diet, for example, I wrote, I mean, it's a long article. It's probably 5,000 words, but the, some of the key information could be summarized in a caption. And that may not be the best strategy in terms of maximizing followers, but I'm not interested in that's not my, like, that's not the only metric I, I care also about why people are following me and what am I providing? So that that's where I'm at on social media. Um, but right now the best place to find me, yeah, MuscleForLife.com is kind of the hub.
1: Okay. Got it. Again, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for sharing your knowledge and your time. And we'll be talking soon, Mike. Yes, sir. Thank you again. That wraps up another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I know it, it was a bit of a long one, but we had such a good flow going back and forth and just had so many topics to cover because Mike has such a wealth of information, especially with his experience in the business of health and fitness and in the supplement industry that I wanted to keep going and wanted to share that with you. So I'm going to keep this short and brief. Hope you enjoyed it. If this is your first time listening, make sure you click that subscribe button so that whenever one of my episodes goes live, you'll be the first to know. And if you've been listening for a while and you're wanting to take your health to the next level, if you're wondering what it really takes to live a long, healthy, happy life so that you can do all the amazing things that you want in your life. If you want to play with your kids or your grandkids, you don't want to be the guy who, or woman for that matter, who needs to sit on the couch and rest because you're so out of shape and because your joints hurt, and you don't want your high blood pressure to act up or that high blood pressure medicine to get you a little dizzy if you stand up too quick. This masterclass is going to help put you on the path to optimal health, longevity, a long and happy life. That's what I'm really passionate about right now. That's what I'm looking towards. I'm not thinking about how I'm going to make my 40s great. I'm thinking about how I'm going to make my 40s, my 50s, my 60s and beyond great. That's where I'm at right now. And if you want to learn what I've been learning, I share my best knowledge with you. And you can find that out at legendarylifepodcastcom slash free. That's all I've got. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Have an amazing week and I'll speak to you soon.